Hi, this is Oren. If you find these teachings useful and you'd like to learn more about my work, you can visit me online at orenjsofer.com or on social media at orenjsofer. Thanks so much. Um, I have two little threads uh, to tie from before. One is, I didn't give you the reference to the woman that I quoted from. So her name, her name is Eti, E-T-T-Y, Hillesum, H-I-L-L-E-S-U-M. And um, there are two things out. One is a uh, thing that was published as early as the 80s when they found her papers, and that is excerpts, and it's called An Interrupted Life. And the other, I just was, I was just given it, it's the full version, every word that exists that is known that she wrote, and that's about 600 pages. Mm -hmm. I haven't read it yet, I just got it, and I'm really excited to have a, a, a more granular window into her journey. But both of these are available. Don't remember. <laughs> but I think if you Google Eti Hillesum, it will all come to you. <laughs> Google brings it all to you. <laughs> uh, the second piece is um, I was told that it could sound like I was making a judgment about anger. And so I want to uh, say that I don't have any judgment about anger. The only thing I have about anger is that I haven't seen it work well for anyone to get what they want. Mm -hmm. So I also don't believe in suppressing anger. I think suppressing anger is probably worse than acting it out because uh, it, it stores the energy and it, and it creates unhealth. What I'm interested in is engaging with the anger to get information. Learn from my anger about what is truly important for me and get to a deeper layer of opening to myself to understand myself through understanding my experience of anger. But anger is a whole workshop in and of itself. So I, I don't really want to take the time. I just wanted to clarify in, in case anybody thought that I was implying that anger was wrong. I do not. Um, I think those are all the threads from before. Um, so um, the, the piece that we're going to look at next in this journey is the piece about, it, it's kind of like so obvious that I think we don't look at it, which is um, unfreedom comes up when our needs are not met. It doesn't come up when our needs are met. When our needs are met, we are usually in a flow. So if we want to increase inner freedom, we need to inquire into what happens when our needs are not met. Does that make sense? 
It took me a while to realize, oh, it's very easy to be nonviolent, to be compassionate, to be collaborative, when everybody does exactly what I want all the time. <laughs> so the, the, the true test of any practice is when life isn't working. When life isn't working, how do I respond to it? So that's, that's the kind of like the foundation of any look at inner freedom, is what do I do when my needs are not met? And part of the tragedy is that in the way that we have set up the world, the process of birth is moving for the most part. There are some uh, people whose experience in utero was not so great. But that's, that's a, small, a small portion. For the most part, we move from an environment that is completely designed to attend to our needs. Physiologically, at the cellular level, it's designed to attend to our needs. We move from that, thrown into an environment that isn't. Uh, modern child rearing, it's now starting to turn around, thank God, but modern child rearing practices are frightening to me because um, what used to be the case, and I imagine that that's true for most people in this room, is we were born and taken away from our mother almost instantaneously. How many people here had that experience? of being born and taken away right away. Yeah. So, um, it's not what, is, what we are designed by nature to receive when we're born. We're not designed to be alone for a very long time. In many cultures, people are just never alone. That's just one example of a way in which our needs are not met. So, because most of us live in societies and structures in which, uh, that are not designed to meet human needs, we have too much of the experience of unmet needs, meaning we all carry some version of trauma. That makes it very hard to tolerate unmet needs. And our ability to have choice requires us to increase our tolerance for unmet needs. Is this making sense? Does anybody want to ask or uh, anything about this? It's, it's kind of like, to me, a very deep uh, understanding that is really hard to digest because it's painful. It's a painful reality. We don't have enough stored well-being in us to be able to tolerate life well. And it ain't going to get better as we go through life, for the most part. It's part of why when we fall in love, there's something so magical and wonderful. Because there is a period that recreates the experience of I matter, my needs matter, I am loved, I'm cared about. 
my needs are going to get met, finally. So there's, there's a reason why it is so overwhelmingly satisfying. And we can't build our life on falling in love all the time. So um, given this, I put a lot of uh, capital into learning to be at peace with unmet needs. Uh, and that's, that's what the practice that I'm about to do with you is designed for. Anything you want to add at this point? Um, and one question that I was asked at break is about, you know, wants and needs and all of, uh, all of that thing, for the moment, that distinction is not so important in terms of um, 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 I, I can't finish that sentence, I'll start another one. Um, <laughs> what is important for me is just to understand that there is what I want and why I want it. And the deeper I get into why I want something, the closer I get to freedom. Because that will take me to a deeper need or a deeper want, deeper and deeper and deeper, until I find something that's a bedrock. And on that I can stand to gain freedom. That's the very um, uh, kind of telegraphic version of the practice. I'd like to know if there are any questions or comments at this point before uh, starting a practice. Uh, would you go over the mic? Raise your hand again. Thank you. Uh, I just have one request to ask you, actually. Uh, if you can sometimes give examples, uh, even if it sounds a little... Sure. Uh, when you say good, the good things that really hit the notes, or the right notes, so if you could give some, even like quick examples, that would be Do great. Do you have something that you want an example for? Like when you said, uh, when you, uh, like knowing what you want and why you want it. Okay. Uh, this is exactly what the practice that we're about to do is, is going to be. Okay. But uh, if you want an example, uh, let's, say I, uh, let's say I want a new car. Very simple thing, okay? There could be many different reasons why I want the car. A bunch of needs that the new car might meet. Do you see that? Mm -hmm. Can you name any? Yeah, uh, to me that sounds, uh, that, that's a good example. Um, but I could think of also a lot of stuff that uh, you, uh, you know what you wanted, but it's not, it's not, it doesn't get you closer to freedom. 
Can you give me, how about you give me the example then? And how much time do you have? <laughs> uh. I'm, I'm serious because um, if, if we work through an example of yours, it will benefit everyone. Um, that you caught me now. I have to really think about it. Um, maybe I'll, I'll come back to it later or something. Uh, as long as that is truly what you want, rather than just embarrassment. No, 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 not I'm at fine. all. Not at all. Okay. No, I really, genuinely have to think about what that is. Okay, great. Uh, yes. Over here. I understand, um, and I'm looking forward to the practice of peeling down the onion of our wants. Mm -hmm. um, let me I see an example where needs and wants might be con conflicting. Say, I need to pee, mm -hmm. uh, but I want to continue watching a movie. Mm -hmm. on the, in the movie theater. Right? Okay. So, um, you know, I, I could just pee on the seat. No, that would, it, it probably wouldn't be acceptable socially, but I could do that. So there's some, there's some conflict there, and, and maybe if you can clarify that, that would be great. Um, I, I would, what I would say is the deeper you go, the less conflict there is. And at the level of the, of, of the deeper layer of needs, uh, there's no conflict. The conflict arises in the variety of ways that we have for how we're trying to meet our needs, in the interpretations that we have about what reality means, and in the um, habitual ways of meeting needs that we have learned from our culture. That's where the differences and the conflicts are. The how rather than the what. It's not even exactly the how or the what. It's the stories about it. <clears throat> there was one more hand over there. Yeah. I just want to know what you said, the, the, uh, following the question of why I want what I want, uh, it, as you follow it deeper, it leads you to, was it freedom you said? Um, the deeper you go, the freer you will be. You will find a bedrock somewhere, and that's, that's what we'll soon do. Thank you. So I'm, I'm ready to start. So the first thing that I would like you to do is um, a, a, to go again into a small group and find a situation in which, um, in some way, things didn't work for you, a situation that didn't meet your needs. I can't imagine that would be very hard to find. <laughs> but I'd like you to find something that is um, a singular moment, not kind of like a deep, long-standing pattern. So, for example, the situation that you shared about the bathroom, uh, I wouldn't choose that because it's too involved and too big. Pick something that is kind of like bite-size. 
that you can really see what's going on. Mm-hmm. I think this is really important, how Mickey's guiding us here in this exercise. She, you referred to what you call the strategic, the zone of strategic discomfort. Mm-hmm. That's what we're going for. When I teach similar practices, I talk about like using a scale of 1 to 10. Mm-hmm. We're going for a 3 or a 4. And that's not because the stuff at the higher end can't be worked with or isn't important to work with. It's because now we're learning a tool. Mm-hmm. When you learn to swim, you don't dive in the deep end. Mm-hmm. You start in the shallow pool so you can learn the strokes. Mm-hmm. So choose something at an appropriate level of difficulty for your system so that you don't get flooded, so that you can actually work with and get a feel for the strokes. And then as you become more familiar with them, you can apply them to more and more difficult situations. Can you give an example? Sure. Um, so one example might be um, I have some health issues and it creates a certain amount of overwhelm and stress. And I had a blood test the other day, and the person forgot to give my insurance card back to me. Simple incidents, clear and specific, but it's going to trigger associations of all sorts of other things that I've been carrying for the last year and a half. Right? Or um, I can choose an example. I'm sorry, uh, is this an example of a three? Yeah, that's Well, <laughs> <laughs> I just... It's true. That's maybe not the best example because in the, in the moment, maybe that's a three. Like, it, it, didn't, it didn't blow me out of the water. Like, a, a, a large... I, 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 was, I wasn't actually trying to be funny. No, I, I was know. confused. <laughs> it, it, it was one? confusing. I thought it was yes. a bad example. Yeah. 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 <laughs> maybe a, a, an example would be a, a conversation I have with a family member where they get angry at me for something and I got triggered. It was a specific incident, but it brought up the whole history of the relationship and it, it, we didn't talk for a couple months. My need, my, my need for... So what's that? Is that a three or a 10? That's a 10. That's a 10. That's a nine or a 10, right? So my need for respect wasn't met. My need for understanding wasn't met. But I'm not going to use that as the first time to going, going into something. I'm going to want to use an example where... There, there is something behind this funny thing that is a truth that I want to name, which is um, the most charged, powerful session that I ever had with a couple um, started in this way. He likes to hang the kitchen towel on his uh, shoulder <laughs> while cooking. And she likes to hang it back on the hook when she doesn't use it. Does it get more of a one or a zero than that? Their entire relationship was inscribed in this difference. So there is a way in which everything is a ten. <laughs> but but maybe a clue is pick something that has the least amount of associations with other things that you can think of. <laughs> How's that? Yeah. yeah. I mean, I think the insurance card thing could be an example because even though it has associations, I'm able to, to, to recognize, like, it's just annoying. Now I've got to, like, call the insurance company and get another card and that sort of thing. So my need for consistency and reliability, keeping agreements you know, weren't met. And I feel frustrated and annoyed about that. Right? Yeah, so that might be a three. Okay. So um, the first 
thing that I'm going to ask you to do in a group is to identify the situation. The second thing is to think of anything that you would want during that moment. Anything that you would want. There's obviously a lot of things that happened that you didn't want, but what you would want instead. <laughs> so in the example with the insurance card, you're on your way, you, uh, you, you, but you already left and you discovered yeah, that it's... So I would have wanted them to have returned my phone call and mailed me my insurance card. Yeah. Simple. You, you, you get it? It's like what you want. There is extraordinary power in doing just that. If you never do anything else except convert what you don't want to what you do want, it will already make a difference. If you do it consistently throughout the day and throughout your life, it will make a difference. We'll take it further, but this is the first move. Now, why is that powerful? It's powerful because it creates movement. If I am continually looping in all the things that are not working, then I, I'm not going anywhere. But if I know what I want, there is movement, there is direction to that, there is possibility. I, I, um, I just uh, read a quote from the last uh, Lubavitcher rabbi who died ah, close to 20 years ago, I think. And he said, if um, there is something that is not working in the world and you know what it is and you have some ideas about what to do about it, then it's probably a piece of the world that was left incomplete by God for you to repair. <laughs> if, on the other hand, you're only seeing what isn't working, then it's possibly, probably you who needs to be repaired. <laughs> really, I, I, I loved the, the kind of like the sharp line that that draws for me in my map as a, as a change agent. If I don't have an idea about how to fix something, it's probably I, I need to do some inner work. Okay, so that's all I'm asking you to do in your small group. Yeah. Uh, please, yes, thank you. What if... So the, the want, that, the thing that we're identifying... Um, does it have to apply to us, or is it something that we want for someone else? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Okay. It doesn't matter. It's just something that you want. It isn't even important whether it's possible for it to happen or not. Okay. <clears throat> it's just that you know that you want it. Thank you. Uh, yes. Uh, go ahead. You asked for an example? Ah. I got a perfect one. So, uh, smoking. Yes. So, I want to smoke. Mm -hmm. uh, why do I want to smoke? Makes me feel good sometimes. Am I free? No, I'm dependent on cigarettes. Okay. Makes me feel good is very uninformed. Mm. When you start inquiring into what kind of good, how it makes you feel good. I'll tell you a, a real-life story. Um, um, someone came to 
a workshop that my sister did. Uh, she lives in Israel. And he came to a two-hour workshop. And he got it that everything that we do is an attempt to meet needs. And I, on his way home, he was driving. He was asking himself, okay, that must apply to me smoking. So what needs am I attempting to meet by smoking? And he rattled off to himself a few, looked at them and said, oh, there are better ways of meeting those needs than smoking. And he quit. That's a rare story, but it, it is, again, a human possibility. You see what I mean? Yeah. Saying it makes me feel good is not a deep inquiry. <laughs> Do you see Thank what I mean? You. Yes. All right. So let's go and... Do, oh. I just have a logistical question. Of in our groups, um, is it just one situation of... like we No, each one, person, person, each person pick, pick your own situation. Okay. So try to keep the groups to no more than three. Sorry, I hate to uh, disagree with you, but like... Why do you hate it? <laughs> <laughs> um, but like when you said uh, inquiring as to what is behind the need, right? Um, saying that like it feels good, to me sounds like a really good reason why I want to do something, yeah. right? And it seems totally valid to me as well. Like for example, like I'm gay, right? I like having sex with men, not mm -hmm. women. Why do I do it? Because it feels good. Okay, but you don't have a conflicted relationship with it. Right. <laughs> okay, I'm not sure if I follow. He has a conflicted relationship with smoking. He, okay. So it makes him feel good, but he also feels unfree, and he knows it doesn't, it's not good for his health. So if he wants to have freedom, he needs to go deeper. You, it, this is not an issue for you, being gay, at least... I hope so. <laughs> you don't know me that well. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thank you. Yeah, is, that, is that clarifying? Yeah. The other, the other thing is just to, if we stop there, it makes me feel good. Maybe in a situation where it's not conflicted for you, or there might not be an issue, but if you take that and apply that to other situations, right, then we can be causing harm. If we're not actually in tune with mm -hmm. the other needs we have and the needs of others around us, is like, well, this makes me feel good. Right? We're not going to take that as a rule of thumb for how we live in our life. So there, there is something valuable, even in a situation where we're not conflicted inside, to actually look deeper to, great, it makes me feel good. And what's that about? How does it make me feel good? Why does it make me feel good? What needs are being met so that we see that the needs for intimacy, for love, for connection, for pleasure. That's another layer mm -hmm. of feels good. Yes. Thanks. All right. So um, let's go into your groups. And by the way, if you prefer to do it on your own in silent reflection, you're welcome to do that or in writing. Uh, but um, if if it's easier to articulate it and and name name you know name it verbally, then go into a group. Just make sure it's no more than three people, because we're going to take. So a, situ a situation where your need wasn't met, where something didn't go the way you wanted it, and you don't have to name a need, no. like Oren Oren named what needs of his were not met. You're not at all expected or asked to do that. Just 
what you wanted. What didn't work and what's something that you wanted about that? Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.